This week on the Shame Free Life podcast radio show, we're going to have a candid conversation concerning overcoming adversity. Let's talk. Today is about the power of you. We can be whatever we dream. You're locked into another episode of 15 Minutes of Shame. Each week, we'll help you rebuild your life one brick at a time by addressing real life issues from a practical and biblical perspective. I had to believe in myself like never before. This is the Shame Free Radio Show. Finding a solution to become the greatest. And now your host, minister, author, grief and trauma support specialist, Dr. Ronald Zion Rose. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Good evening, good morning, good night, wherever you are, coast to coast, around the globe. You are locked inside of another installment inside the Shame Free Life radio show with yours truly, Ronald Zion. It is a pleasure to be back with you once again. Uh, I am delighted. I'm elated. I am taken aback. All of those things pertaining to this particular uh, segment and subject matter pertaining to overcoming adversity. We have a special in-studio guest that just stopped by to expound on overcoming adversity to just be an unstoppable you. But first, we're going to take a couple of moments to take a quick commercial break or two, and we will be right back momentarily. Have you considered continuing your education? Or do you find yourself like so many, sidetracked by life, fear, or maybe even excuses? Well, I've come to tell you that there is absolutely no perfect time than right now. Time is ticking away. So get your degree today. Rehoboth International Bible College is an accredited university designed to meet your higher biblical education needs. Simply go to Rehoboth International Bible College dot com or call 866-235-0812 extension zero. You are an investment. So it is past time for you to reap the dividends. Rehoboth International Bible College. Have you ever felt alone and life is out of control? Perhaps like a sailboat at sea in the midst of a tsunami. Well, you're not alone. Here at the Shame Free Life, LLC, we offer services in trauma recovery, crisis intervention, and empowerment coaching. We operate in integrity, confidentiality, empathy with coaching ethics. Contact us at theshamefreelife.com or email us at contact at theshamefreelife.com. You may not be responsible for your injury, but you are responsible for your healing. Let us help you rebuild your life one brick at a time because your life begins when you say so. Indeed, we are back 
And you may not be responsible for your injury, but we are responsible for our own inner healing. And I want to introduce to some, present to others, the in-studio guests that uh, that just stopped in, uh, just flew in by way of Phoenix, Arizona, Miss Stacy J. Whitaker Harris. Uh, She empowers women to embrace mental health and wellness and encourages healing and wholeness after traumatic life experiences. She is a minister of the gospel, author, poet, vocalist, inspirational speaker, mental health advocate and coach, steward of children and a peace pusher. I like that. That advocates for social equality. She holds a master's in law and a bachelor's in nonprofit management. Stacy served as a keynote speaker for the following, the Revolutionary Christian Literacy Conference, University of Wisconsin-Madison's BSU Leadership Conference, and Zion Oasis Empowerment Ministries. That was not my ministry, even though my name is Zion. To name a few, Uh, She spoke as a panelist for Grace New Hope Women's Event, Real Issues Women Face, A Closer Look at Depression, Anxiety, Abuse, and Low Self-Esteem. As the women speak, we speak justice for all platform architect. She facilitated topics on mental wellness in the black community and campus safety and the college climate. She authored Heaven and Hell at Eight, co-authored the Whitaker Book of Poetry and contributed to Permission to Feel and Heal. What goes on in my house stays in my house, breaking my silence for my sanity. Uh, My now for the college grad, my now for the future woman, strengthening your walk daily devotional and appeared as a professional contributor in upside down the alarming phenomenon of stress on university students. She formally contributed to the examiners faith and culture online newspaper uh, and freelancers for various projects. Last but not least, Stacy is uh, the loving mother of three young adults that she cherishes as jewels and a fur baby that she adores. Well, you've heard it all. And I'm pretty sure that there is more uh, that uh, she has not uh, or that, that I haven't expounded on, but uh, Stacy, thank you so much for stopping by the shame free life studio to talk about overcoming adversity. We want to thank you so much uh, for, for stopping by. We certainly appreciate that. Let's give you a round of applause now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I definitely appreciate you inviting me and allowing me to be here and be present with you today. And for all the people that are listening, thank you so much for listening and tapping in. Hope that it is beneficial to everyone that hears. Absolutely. I mean, you you have done so much. I mean, your uh, your background and um, wearing so many hats is just amazing, Um, which brings us to. the Unstoppable Me Conference. Um, Tell us a little bit more about this Unstoppable Me Conference, uh, Overcoming Adversity. Absolutely. We have the awesome and amazing Jennifer Foxworthy, who is the uh, founder and the CEO of the Unstoppable You Ministry. Uh, She 
definitely um, invited me to be a part of the Unstoppable Youth Conference. And she does a lot with awareness for human trafficking and domestic violence and homelessness. And we have such an, al- an alignment in those areas that I just thought that it was um, just a great honor to be invited to participate in this conference. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if you want me to tell you when the date is, but I'll, I'll do that. The conference is actually going to be March the 12th, 2022. Uh, and it's going to be here in Phoenix uh, at 122 East Culver Street uh, at the Arizona Jewish Historical Society. So I'm looking forward to it. Excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, it, it seems that that this particular conference and we're going to get a little bit more uh, into into you as as a woman, uh, you know, as a mother, as a woman, uh, as a woman of the most high and what you do as far as ministry, as an author, all of that. But it seems that this particular conference is so timely because when we talk about conferences, I mean, you know, we, we have conferences galore. I mean, conferences on top of conferences, but many of which uh, don't address, even from a spiritual standpoint, the reality of trauma, which you do individually, but now you're going to do collectively with this particular conference. Let's talk about as far as um, being unstoppable, even though that you are in a place that may be someone right now in a place of uh, adversity, in a place of brokenness, in a place of trauma, how does one how do, how does one overcome uh, that that particular adversity to even embrace becoming unstoppable? So that's that's a great question, and I definitely appreciate you asking that question, Zion. So one of the first things that I thought to myself is being unstoppable doesn't mean that you have it all together. It doesn't mean that you have, um, that you are perfect. Uh, it doesn't mean that you know it all, but actually being unstoppable means that you're acknowledging, um, where you are broken, where you need healing, where you need mending, and you're willing to do the work necessary to heal and to grow and to be whole. And when God really initially spoke to me so many years ago about me, I mean, it was, it was about ministry, but it was really about me. Having gone through um, domestic violence, having gone through uh, sexual child sexual abuse, and all sorts of things that I've experienced in my life, which is not unique. Unfortunately, we have too many people that have experienced the same things that I have experienced, and they're holding all of those things inside. It's being bottled up, and at some point, you either collapse or you explode, and both are dangerous. They're dangerous not just to you, but they're dangerous to the people who are around you, that surround you, that encounter you, uh, people that you are supposed to be a light for. You're actually doing something that is actually detrimental to both them and yourself and all the people that come in contact with you and with them. So that's that cyclical effect of how trauma and adversity, how it impacts not just the person that has gone through the experience, but all the people connected to you and all the people connected to the people that's connected to you. You see what I'm saying? It's like it's this constant thing. So being unstoppable just means that you're taking time to really look at yourself, do a deep search and really avail and open yourself to God. So one of the, the other things that came to my mind is, you know, I mean, God really started speaking to me over the last two years, some of the things that I experienced and went through, how God was speaking to me from Second Chronicles. And I know 
I continue to share this passage because it is so ingrained in my spirit for what it is at this time and this season that people need to know. That we have been so accustomed to go through something in life and just because of your experience with whatever the adversity was, whether it was homelessness, whether it was a false accusation against you, whether it was, you know, your, your parents were divorced or maybe your marriage didn't work out or whatever those different things are that we experience. It's like then you feel lost, you feel alone, you feel, you know, you ostracize yourself. You feel like everybody's making you an outcast, but really it's you. <laughs> setting yourself in your own little box in your own little timeout corner and then you come out swinging every single time you come out you're coming out fighting fighting everything everybody even the people that mean you well and want to help you and want to see you grow and they want to see you develop and they want to see you heal and they want to see you whole but you fighting everything and everybody because everybody has become a problem for you because of the unresolved issues on the inside but I remember in Second Chronicles chapter 20 God said, and I'm going to paraphrase it, even though I'm looking right at the scripture right now. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase it from about verse 15 all the way through in about verses, uh, verse 26. I'm not going to say the whole thing, but it's just the word is saying right here that at some point when you acknowledge that you need to be healed, that you got to understand, you got to be courageous enough to stop and understand that you don't have to fight anymore. And that is hard to do. <laughs> That is really hard to do, but you have to take a moment, stop, recognize that God is with you, be open to God being with you, be open to being in his presence, and that's also hard when you feel dirty or you feel ashamed and you feel guilty, but you have to really lean into that. So anyway, I said a mouthful, and I'm going to stop for a moment and just let you come back on in. Yeah, I, I think you really hit on uh, so so much that that we really need to kind of just unpack. Um, you know, oftentimes, you know, uh, you know, Stacy and 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 you know, uh, we go way back, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you have you have really evolved, and and this uh, fast track um, it doesn't maybe it doesn't seem like that is as fast as you as you would like, but this fast track that God has you on as it relates to um, inner healing and, and also sharing that with others that they can come out of the shame that oftentimes paralyze. One of the things about um, uh, in, in the, in the opening uh, bio um, as it relates to mental health and, and how much that really means to you, uh, not just uh, as a person, uh, as a, as a laborer, of Christ, but just in general, as it relates to the black community and so much stigma as it relates to mental health and how we oftentimes shame one another for seeking help, seeking assistance mm -hmm. uh, through mm -hmm. counselor, through therapist, through uh, psychologist or psychiatrist or life coaching. Um, oftentimes we shame one another because of ignorance, miseducation, uh, that that uh, uh, surrounding uh, the reality of mental mental health, I, I want to kind of pivot and, and talk to you about uh, you know perhaps women that you've dealt with in in, in the past that you uh, uh, in your books, your literature, your writings, uh, or just counseling. I want to talk about trauma bonding 
And I think, you know, and, uh, you know, a definition and I can go into it myself, but uh, just just looking at uh, domestic shelters dot org when it talks about trauma bonding, trauma bonding is a type of attachment that one can feel towards someone who's causing them trauma. It brings with it not only feelings of sympathy, compassion and love, but also confusion. So when we talk about uh, individuals that may be at this conference, may want to participate in the conference, and we'll talk more about that as well. Uh, how prevalent from what you have seen, ex- maybe experience, is trauma bonding in a relationship? And um, how difficult is it for, uh, for, for people to talk about uh, trauma bonding once it's brought to their attention? that they are bonded to someone who was abusing them. Perhaps they have their borderline uh, narcissistic uh, in their behavior, but they're involved in this relationship that is toxic, but is rooted in trauma bonding. How prevalent is it in the community? Wow. I mean, another great question, Zion. I, I thank you for that question as well. Um, wow. A lot of things went through my head when you said it. I want to um, backtrack and just say you are absolutely correct. No, this is a fast track since the last few years. It's a really fast track for, for healing for myself. Um, I, I do believe that trauma bonding is real. I've experienced it. And I'll, I'm not going to speak to any clients that I work with specifically, but I'm going to speak specifically about my, myself um, and about my, my, my family. So in my within my family, we have a lot of people who have had some chemical imbalances mentally um, with different diagnoses. And I know, unfortunately, that the church is one place from so many years that definitely did not embrace people with mental health issues. They said that these mental health issues were demons. Now, we're not going to get into the difference between there. That's real. And it can be a real thing. But we often o- overlook mental health and the possibilities of those chemical imbalances or trauma and its impact and effect on people individually. So within my family, I know that I, that like, for instance, me and my siblings, we lost my mom May 29, 2000. I mean, it, it happened rather suddenly. It was, you know, something we wasn't expecting because she had already had a heart attack and, she was just on the cusp of her two-year uh, recovery from the first heart attack that she had in 98. And so we thought that she was in the clear. The doctor said she didn't have a heart, another heart attack within that you know, time frame that she would more, more than likely be able to survive. But if she had another heart attack within that two years, that she probably wouldn't make it. Um, and so my mom passed from having a, another heart attack. And we, I can say that we bonded over that trauma but we bonded to other people because of that trauma of losing our mom like I wasn't a, a little kid but I was still a young woman a 24 year old with three children and, and a husband at that particular time and still felt like I needed my mom I can see where each one of me and my siblings bonded to somebody else or some something else <laughs> that to help through that particular time that we were going through. And we didn't see, I didn't see it as such then, but I can look back now and say 
that we definitely did do that. And how hard it is to even recognize that you did that. Now, after being separated from my family, I can sit back and look and say, wow, we were definitely, um, uh, I don't even really know the, the appropriate words to use for it right now, but we were definitely stuck in a lot of ways from grief. That's a trauma. Grief is, is, is real. It can create a, a different kind of thing for you on the inside of your body, your mind. You hold on to all of that grief, and it comes out in different ways as well. So as far as, now, I guess I do have another example. Like, you have people who have gone through sexual trauma, and then they bond to or stick with other people that also have gone through similar traumas. And I, I know that. Uh, all too well um and it's really just challenging to be able to see it while you're in it but it's not until you come out of it that you're able to see it and be like wow that that was what was going on um and be able to call it as it as it is so i don't know to speak to any other person i wouldn't want to share um any clients or other people's personal information but yeah it's a real thing it's definitely a real thing Absolutely. It's real. And, you know, again, I, I think that there's a that there's a shame that's attached to it. Um, and, uh, you know, but but uh, especially when you see many of the telltale signs and, and the symptoms of, of the trauma uh, and also, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder that, that we mm-hmm. see, uh, you know, in our community. I mean, even as we speak right now, that there is a war that's taking place uh, in Ukraine. Uh, that's trauma. Uh, the servicemen. Right that are on the boots on the ground, that's trauma. Even in hearing about the war, that's trauma. But not only that, what I'm finding more and more, uh, Stacey, maybe you can speak to that. The, you know, even, even the domestic war, uh, the urban war that takes place uh, in, in many of our communities where uh, uh, drugs just find its way in the black community. I mean, just by osmosis, it's amazing. Uh <laughs> That guns find find themselves. I think it was Bobby Lavender who was the uh, uh, who was a CEO of the Bloods in L.A. said that when he was 15, he used to cross the railroad tracks, and then one day he saw uh, a train that stopped on the track, and it didn't move. They came back day day two, day three, day four, day five. The train was still there, but it was empty. So they opened up. Uh, several uh, compartments of the train and they found semi-automatic weapons still in the box. Guns, pistols still in the box left there near their projects of, of Jordan down. So, but, but that's trauma. So let, let me ask you this question. When, when, when we talk about uh, the, these realities and, and also how it can really uh, trauma can affect the body. Um, it can affect, you know, uh, the mind. It can affect, you know, the, the prefrontal cortex and, and other parts of the brain uh, that that's scientifically proven. Um, when when it comes to, you know, you are a minister of the gospel when it comes to uh, faith base, when we see the Messiah himself, how he dealt with trauma, whether it's the, the woman with the issue of blood whether it was the man who was uh, who, who was paralyzed uh, for 38 years or whether it was the, 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 the death of Lazarus 
and, and, and all of the grief that surrounded his death uh, uh, at the funeral procession. He dealt with the, the, the trauma. Do you see the faith based community from a ministerial standpoint? Do you see it embracing uh, the reality of trauma, especially in the black community, as opposed to how we were absent of addressing it uh, years ago, you know, in the, you know, in the early 2000s, in the 90s or the 80s, et cetera. Do you see uh, the, the, the institution of church taking trauma seriously as the one that we say that we follow the Messiah? Oh, wow. Um, I, I am going to say in part, yes, and in part, no. I'm going to say that I'm beginning to see more, hear more pastors, um, and more clergy uh, talk about mental health. Uh, and I don't know if the shift was because they saw the impact of 2020 not just the pandemic, but the political polarization and the police brutality and just the culmination of all those things being isolated, um, not mm-hmm. being able to open the church and bring people in. I feel like they didn't have a choice but to pivot and really hone in on and focus on. So I'm hoping and praying that it's a real thing and people didn't just pick it up because it's popular now. I hope and pray that clergy and, you know, the church is really understanding that um, for as much as we know, uh, for as much as we know that there are things that happen and take place in the atmosphere, I'm trying not to call call the name. Mm -hmm. We know that there are can be disillusionment. We know that there can be things that do try to frustrate the plans of God. We understand that. But we have to also take seriously and and, and make it a priority to help people to focus on healing. Because see, here's the problem. Uh, Dr. Joy, she has this post-traumatic slave syndrome. And I didn't know that this book existed until a, a good friend of mine put this book in my hand and told me that I needed to read it. At this point, I feel like I need to read it again. But I had been saying the things that she said in the book for so long, for so many years. I had been talking about, it got to be like we passed down this trauma from, you know, slavery, certain things I was hearing us say or do, like, you know, the the, the whole whooping and spanking thing. I'm going to beat you so nobody else don't have to kind of thing not understanding that what we're doing is actually bringing on some time. And I know I specifically know that I participated in, in that because it was something handed down to me and I did what was done. You know, we do what we, we repeat what was already done, whatever we learn. And so unlearning all of those behaviors and teaching a new generation, a new way to be able to react and or respond in a healthy manner that doesn't traumatize the next generation and generations moving forward, but give them the autonomy to really choose and to be grow up and be healthy and whole and to be children. Mm. So again, I said a lot of things, but the, the bottom line is, is that no, it, it happened. It's a, I'm not even going to say happened, happened. It's like I'm watching people speak more about the importance of self-care 
and the importance of getting counseling and importance of taking medicine if you need it. Um, but at the same token, I don't know if that's a, a fad because it's, it's popular right now. Um, and then I see other people who still are just on the know if you sound crazy or you act crazy. And, you know, I don't like that word crazy. I don't like that C word. But this is what I, I hear some people say, if you act crazy, you, you know what you're doing. There ain't no, nothing wrong with you, that kind of thing. And I'm just kind of like, um, clearly you haven't had nobody. Clearly, you know, you haven't really thought about the fact that, um, I can't remember the person in the Bible, but basically the way that I saw this whole picture was this person had these, 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 um, be able to hear different things, different voices or whatever. And they was kind of, and, and God was like, all right, just come out of that. Come, you know, Jesus called him and told him to come, come out of that. You know, so, um, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about it. And, and I, I, I don't know. I, I would like to see the church come together and really sit and, 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 and create a safe space for people dealing with mental health issues. So that they don't feel ostracized and so that they don't feel left out and so that they don't feel lonely and they don't feel like they have to commit suicide or they have to act, they, you know, they, I don't know. So the answer to your question is, is I, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's you know I I think that that we're being forced to 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 deal with it and really take it seriously because I think that God takes it seriously and He wants to want, He wants us to be more holistic and um, absolutely you know and and I think that when we talk about the spiritual component because we 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 are we are spirit having a human experience and for many people that may be listening right now that they may be saying well listen um, Zion and Stacy. I haven't had a real good human experience here on this planet. Okay. If we can just keep it 100 um, of, of many of the things that I've gone through or many of the things that I'm going through at this, at this moment in time, it hasn't been a good human experience for me. And so um, I think that when we get to a place of, uh, of creating a healthy and comfortable environment for people to just be themselves and I think that this is one of the uh, one of the reasons why uh, depression and suicide rate, as well as addiction, is so powerfully seen even amongst clergy. Because they feel that they can't talk to anyone, many, many of them are bound by certain yeah. things. Uh, if I tell my business to somebody, then, uh, you know, it will be seen in next week's church bulletin. Uh, my business will be in the street. So therefore, they find themselves going deeper and deeper into a place of depression or addiction until it takes them over. Um, as, as it relates to. Um, uh Law. I, I really want to want want to uh, kind of just uh, go into a different direction. Um, and having uh, a background in law, talk to me about that because that's very interesting to me. Um, because you're bringing so much to the table as it relates to this Unstoppable Me conference, uh, overcoming adversity and whatnot. So, what what propelled you into that arena? Uh, and 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 uh and, and getting a master's in law. <laughs> Injustice. <laughs> mm. 
Um, and, and justice by itself is something that creates trauma, period. Um, I'm not going to go into all of the, the, the details of it, but I'll just say that um, watching people be taken advantage of, watching uh, people not be heard, uh, being treated as if they are invisible um, and unseen, really um, took a toll on me. And I decided that I wanted to do something about it. I was already doing a lot within the nonprofit sector in Baltimore. I was doing a community organizing and other work, advocacy work, uh, as it relates to our young people and um, gang violence prevention and, you know, feeding the homeless, with, you know, all sorts of things, going and working in the shelters uh, with other, um, with women who had experienced domestic violence, um, who had been trafficked, uh, dealing with sexual assault, those sorts of things. So, like, my heart has always been to serve um, those who are vulnerable and those who are maybe uh, feel like they are unseen and unheard. It doesn't mean that that's true, but that definitely might be something that they might really feel. And that's what really led me down the path uh, way to, to law. And um, as it relates to that, like, I'm currently working with a few organizations out here working uh, to advocate for legislative changes for mental health and for health overall. Because I think here's the, the, a key thing, Zion, is that we are mind, body, and spirit. We're, we're not just mind. We're not just body. We're not just spirit. We are what makes us whole are all of those components. And so I'm grateful that God gave me the heart to to think about those things in the beginning, mind, body, and spirit, and to not separate them no matter what. Mm-hmm. So when I think about somebody who um, I'm inviting people to come come to church, but, you know, they're homeless and they don't have food, we always think, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not supposed to be taken care of. No, that's what we're supposed to do. Jesus went and he fed people before he could even speak to them and give them a sermon or teach them a lesson. God, today! <laughs> Amen. I think yeah. even even so, Vicky Dillon, she 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 agrees with you. God today. <laughs> so yeah, like that was that that's 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 important for me too. So I, I really appreciate being a part of the Arizona Peer and Family Coalition, working as a part of their advocacy committee. I've been a part of the diversity committee and really working to see how we could foster a diversity um and not just appointing people again this is another traumatic i mean you can think about trauma in so many different ways right and adversity because this is can be adverse effects you appointing people to different positions in different places but they don't have the heart of the people Mm. then they don't need to be in that space it doesn't matter whether it's from the church environment or whether or not it's in a job environment it doesn't matter whether it's in nonprofit. it's in our politics this is in government Whatever it is, if they don't have the heart in for the people, and they're not going to these places just for their own selfish gain, then you know if they, they're not for the people, then I don't think that they should really be in those spaces because the people are the, are the ones they are supposed to be representing, but they are the people who are being neglected. Mm. And I'm grateful to see so many people really come together, and especially people when the that have disabilities, not just mental health, you know. SMIs, serious mental illness, um, but substance use disorder, that's the SUD, and also seeing people um, 
with other physical uh, impairments and disabilities come together to say, hey, we're human, we're here, we are real, we are people, and we desire and, 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 and deserve to be nurtured, to be loved, to be supported, and to have adequate and sufficient housing, to have adequate and sufficient um, jobs and pay for those jobs that, you know, people with mental, serious mental illness can still have a, 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 a good life, really. But it requires them having a good team around them. So this is the overcoming the ad- some of the adversities that we face is having, you know, adequate and sufficient food, healthy, nutritious foods for us that we are able to consume. Um, because unfortunately, a lot of the foods that we eat actually contribute to some of the things that happen with mm-hmm. internally, mentally, that help contribute to mm-hmm. some of the mental breakdown. And then your environment, being able to consume you know, fresh air and, and good water. <laughs> These things also can have an adverse effect in the body and the mind, which can contribute to breakdown of the body and the mind. So, like, I mean, we, we talk about advocacy. It's for mind, body, and spirit. It's for a whole person. We're all whole people and should be treated as whole. But at this juncture, I believe that it's up to um, us as a community of people to really keep fighting for and pressing for and advocating for um, the things that benefit the community. And that involves the church as well. I hope the church will continue to to remain involved and stay involved and, and look out for the people that are vulnerable. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you just really said a mouthful and that, uh, that, that is where we are. I think that there's a shifting that's taking place um, because I, th- I really think that it's the will of God, but it's also the outcry of the people that that that, mm-hmm. that they need more. And uh, it's challenging us, uh, those of us who are ministers, to give more uh, by becoming more. And so uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's and that's what uh, that's what Jesus Yeshua did. Um, he compelled uh, the people to uh, his disciples to do just that. Okay, well, listen, they, they are hungry. They've been following for many days. Okay, listen, send them on their way. No, we're going to give them something to eat. And so I'm going mm-hmm. to take a two-piece fish dinner from a child. I'm going to multiply it. But guess what? I'm going to give it to you to feed the people. And I think that uh, we've become very lazy and lackadaisical uh, in our approach as it relates to being so disconnected from the people that we claim that we're called to. <laughs> I agree. Amen. I definitely agree. You just now said also is like, like I said, Jesus, he double fed them. He gave them the physical substance that they needed for their body. And then he gave them a word that they needed for their spirit. Mm. Absolutely. And tonight you've definitely, definitely have, have given us a word and, you know, we've got to have you back on the show. I know you are uh, wearing many hats and, doing so many things and great work out there um, in um, in Phoenix, Arizona and surrounding areas of Maricopa County. And um, yeah. we, we got to get you back in uh, to talk about your books because we haven't even scratched the surface on your books um, that are amazing. And, um, and, 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 and there's such a healing component to your writing. And so we've got to talk about that. Uh, so hopefully we can get you back in. You can pencil us in here. The little mm-hmm. small people in Shane free life radio. 
Um, but 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 I want you to tell people about the conference again and um, uh, and also uh, provide information if, in fact, that if they're on the opposite end of the coast, if they can't get there, um, is it is it virtual? Um, and and uh, behind that, uh, how can people contact you directly to perhaps get your books or uh, if, if they need you uh, to, to, to come to speak to their youth group or uh, uh, women's ministry or et cetera, how can they get in contact with you? Absolutely. So I'll address the first thing that you asked first. Uh, the Unstoppable You Ministries Conference, again, the Unstoppable You Ministry Conference is going to be March the 12th, 2022. Uh, I do believe it's from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Arizona Jewish Historical Society at 122 East Culver Street in Phoenix, Arizona, 85004. Uh, if you want to purchase tickets or if you want to give a ticket to um, someone who may not be able to attend otherwise, uh, in, especially our youth, because we are having uh, young people from uh, as young as 11 years old and up to participate. This is a family-friendly event. You can go to Phoenix dot eventbrite b-r-i-t-e dot com that's www.uycphoenix dot eventbrite dot com and if you wanted to you know ask some additional questions or um, you could also send info at unstoppable you ministries inc dot org and uh, the host will definitely respond so if you want to, you know, give a donation, I believe you can do that again through that Eventbrite um, uh, website, or you can send an email. And as far as being able to connect with me, um, please feel free to connect with me through uh, my website, www.stacy, that's S-T-A-C-I-E, I always say I'm the I-E, the extra, J-W-H-I-C-A-K-E-R, Harris.com. And, um, if you wanted to send an email uh, to me, you would send it to Stacy at StacyJWhitakerHarris.com. And um, I look forward to uh, receiving any questions that people might have that we didn't address here. Or uh, being, I am definitely available to speak at any conferences that you may have out there. So thank you again, Zion, for allowing me to come and share with you and the guests tonight. Absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for gracing us and also the listeners um, because they're out there. Um, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, uh, et cetera, bu- uh, the Buzzsprout community. So we definitely have um, some some hungry followers out there and uh, we definitely, again, have to have you back. And um, thank you so much again for for gracing us with so much information, but also your presence and what you're doing, uh, regardless of uh, the left coast or or the east coast. Uh, we're all <laughs> part of the same family uh, to to accomplish yeah. what we need to accomplish um, uh, for the most high. And so uh, with that being said, as I always say, that your life begins when you say so. Thank you so much, Stacey uh, Whitaker-Harris, for gracing us. And we will definitely have you back locked inside of the Shame Free Life Radio again. Peace and blessings to you. Peace and blessings.
Thank you for joining us on the Shame Free Life Radio Show. For 15 minutes of shame, follow us on IG and Twitter at Shame Free Life. For information on promoting your business with us, contact us at theshamefreelife at gmail.com. Until next time, your life begins when you say so.